0: Hello.
1: Welcome to the Morning Duty Podcast.
0: We're your hosts. I'm Piers. And I'm Maggie. And today we have episode 27. 27. Where we're talking about whole brain teaching.
1: So we're bringing today's episode to you in two parts, the problem and the solution.
0: So it was back in the 90s, these three guys, Chris Biffle, Jay Vanderfin, and Chris Rexstad, they were noticing that a lot of teachers have the same problems. Mm -hmm. They're seeing that classroom management is a bit of a struggle, kids are unengaged, they're a little bit bored in class, they're certainly passive, and they're sedentary in their learning. And they thought, what is a way to change this? What's a way to make classrooms more engaging, make learning more fun? And they came up with this concept called whole-brain teaching.
1: And we saw that, I think a lot of us see that in our everyday lives, or our everyday teacher lives anyway. A couple of years ago, we had some coworkers go through a PD where they lived the day in the life of a student, essentially, and they walked through the entire student schedule and reported back their findings, because it's been a long time since we ourselves have been students, you know. And every single one of them, regardless of the grade that they followed, reported just how much passivity there was during the day um, and how it was very easy for them to zone out. And these are adults, right? Very easy for them to zone out and not really maximizing that learning. And so this is a problem that, you know, we, we face as teachers is that engagement level.
0: Exactly. Think about yourself in your students' shoes right now. If you had to spend the entire day sitting in their seats, going to their classes, how would it feel? Mm -hmm. And like you said, you might notice that it is actually quite passive. You could be the most diligent note taker that there is, but the movement is still quite low. Mm -hmm. And that's what whole brain teaching aims to change is it wants to make classrooms both more engaging, but also more rigorous, more vocab, more learning, more engagement the entire time. Not just engaging the body, but engaging the entire brain, the whole brain.
1: Exactly. The, the purpose of it is in the name, right? And that's that's sort of the essence of the problem, I suppose, is that when a student is checked out, when they are passive, when they are too sedentary, they're not learning, they're or not learning to the level that they could be. And so that's the, the essence of the problem, and there's a whole lot that goes into the solution for it.
0: Right. So when we were prepping for this, there's amazing YouTube videos where you can watch Whole Brain Teaching in Action, mm-hmm. but we're going to lead you through what it is, what it looks like, and some ways that you can implement it in your classroom. hmm So, whole brain teaching, you want to lead us off?
1: Yeah, so a, a classroom that's using whole brain teaching really, truly does look very different than your sort of typical classroom. And again, if you look at any videos or anything online, you'll see that. But since the goal is to use as much of the brain as possible, as often as possible, students are doing very different things than than normal. So you will see And here, students participating truly every couple seconds. There's a ton of call and response. There's a lot of mimicking both words sort of verbally but also in actions. Um, there's something called mirrors, which we'll, we'll talk about in a minute, where students are, are copying their teacher's movements. And there's also a lot of reciprocal teaching. So those are sort of the general ways that constant speech, um, consistent movement, and collaborative learning that looks very different and keeps the brain super active throughout the the new material that's being delivered to them
0: when you think about it you think how can you engage as much of the brain as you can Mm -hmm. you've got the visual brain you've got the verbal brain you've got the auditory brain and then you've got the kinesthetic brain yeah and you're trying to speak and do call and response you're listening you're doing partner teaching and then you have these big gestures during that learning Mm -hmm. and they've got these quick cycles where yeah there is a call and response or something new The students are doing something with their hands, some type of gesture that's related to what they're learning. And then there's the reteaching component to their classmates. Yeah. So they're still sitting in their seats. Yeah. Just like a regular classroom. But instead of being passive with their notebooks out or looking up at a slideshow, there's a lot of mimicry and a lot of call and response going on.
1: Exactly. Which, like you said, is keeping the brain involved. Yeah. it, It
0: really... You can't be checked out when the rest of your classmates are out there doing these big grand gestures and shouting out.
1: Exactly. And it's fun, too. And it'll look different for different grade levels, of course, as anything else does. And there are really good examples of different grade levels on YouTube as well, from kinder up to there was like a high school calculus class that I was watching. Um, And if you go to their website, I think it's just wholebrainteaching.com. They have a lot of steps and, and tips, too. But there are sort of a couple things that they walk you through
0: exactly and when we're talking about this I mean, we're not whole brain teacher certified or anything but no. when we look at it we think this is perfect for intro to new material mm-hmm. if you've got 90 minute classes it'd be tough to do whole brain teaching for the entire time yeah. but you should splice it in definitely in the beginning with new material and then you should certainly do it with synthesis at the end and any time that you need some active engaged learners when,
1: when they need to master something new yeah That's exactly right. And I I tried Whole Rain teaching years ago, and I loved it. I thought it worked really well for my content and my kids and my grade level. And you're spot on. I found that it was much more helpful for INM and sort of close out. Sometimes if you need to do a longer activity, you need to actually let them sort of sit and stew with the content. And so you're not going to be interrupting them every couple seconds to... To mimic you, you know, but you can do it to set them up for the activity and to close out the activity. And I think that's just fine to make it your own, you know?
0: So let's say that I'm the learner mm-hmm. and you're teaching me right now. Yeah. If I'm the student and I'm sitting in the desk, what could I expect from you as my whole brain teacher?
1: Ooh, I like that. So the first thing that is sort of, um, you know, shared throughout all whole brain teaching classrooms is the attention getter. And they use the sort of the traditional whole brain teaching one is class. Yes. 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 And so you teach your students to when you say class, they respond with yes, but they do it in the way that you're doing it. They mimic you. So if I said class.
0: Yes.
1: Or class, class. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And so it's not just the same, even though the the process is the same, it's class. Yes. Yes. You can change the way you say it. And again, you're keeping them engaged. You're, you're, you're priming them for learning. When they hear class, they say yes, and they're ready to go.
0: It all starts with the attention getter. Yep. So if you're going to go into Holborn teaching, what's the attention getter? And mm-hmm. right, write class yes is usually first.
1: Mm-hmm. And again, that call and response. Classity right? class. Yesity yes.
0: And then I'm primed for the next thing.
1: Yes. And so that can be a couple different things. One of the things that you'll see that's a huge feature of it is mirrors. And so when you say mirrors up, um, and again, you could sort of put your own words to it, but mirrors up and students know that they are going to need to mirror you and you can have them mirror your words or your actions or both based on the the information that you're going to give them
0: so when I hear mirrors as a student I know that I'm going to be using my hands and I'm going to be engaging with some gestures because there's probably some new vocab coming
1: yep and like something for science if you're teaching the different rocks and you have a really natural way to use your hands and your gestures to sort of take the idea and put it into a motion do that, Like you said, now I'm using words, movement, the kinesthetic brain, and it's social, so I'm, I'm going to retain better, you know? If
0: I'm a teacher and I'm teaching about the three different kinds of rocks, I say, classity class.
1: Yesity yes.
0: And I go, mirrors on. And you've got your hands up and your gestures are ready. And I start saying... A metamorphic rock is packed with heat and pressure, and I'm modeling it with my hands, and I'm crushing up like this little ball in my hands here, and the students are using their hands to make the connection that a metamorphic rock changes through heat and pressure.
1: Right. And so, can I put you on the spot? Give me one. Can we do that again? But with mirrors, I would literally copy you after you say it. So, let's pretend that we're doing it. Okay.
0: class. Yes. Mirrors on. Mirrors on. A sedimentary rock
1: A sedimentary rock
0: is packed down with sediment.
1: Is packed down with sediment.
0: In compact layers.
1: In compact layers. And what
0: we're doing with our arms, I'm pressing down with my arms mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that you'll copy me.
1: Exactly. And so you could do that for your key points, your new information. And if you can't think of sort of natural hand gestures, I think that you can just do, you know, mirrors, mirrors on words only. And they're still speaking and repeating the key points that you want them to walk away with.
0: And that's only part of it, because once you've done mirrors, mm-hmm. what's the next thing that they need to do? What's the point of them just knowing it? They should teach it to somebody else.
1: Exactly. And so that's another cue that you can give them is teach okay. And then they turn to their partner. And again, this is a system you set up, but they turn to their partner and they teach them whatever you just taught them. So using the, the gestures, using the words, and they're already reciprocating repeating putting it in their own words and really just synthesizing that information in a much 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 more active way than if they were just sitting listening
0: So it's a super cool cycle. You say it, you get the attention getter. Mm -hmm. Then you show me using mirrors and big gestures. Mm -hmm. I repeat it back to you. And then to kind of close that loop, I then have to go teach everything that I just learned to my neighbor. Yeah. And they teach it back to me.
1: Exactly. And this could happen. If you're giving new information, you would probably go through this cycle three, four, five times. You know, it's quick, it's quick. And then you're setting them up. They're sort of retaining this information better to be able to apply it in a different activity on their own.
0: It's these really quick Mm -hmm. micro-lectures. 30-second piece of information with vocab. I'm tying it to a gesture, the kids are repeating it back to me, and then they're teaching each other, and then we're just cycling through that for every key point, every vocab term that we need, And I love it. Let's say that you then go have the students do some independent practice after that. If they forget and they look at you and they've got that confused face, you can just kind of do the visual cue back at them, the gesture back at them like, oh, that's a metamorphic rock. That's a sedimentary rock. That's an igneous rock.
1: Exactly. Or you'll see them during a test sort of do some of the movements to themselves, which is wonderful. They know that they know it. And I think it, it sort of teaches a little more confidence too. Like, I know I know this. I just need to remember it rather than, I don't know it, I give up, you know?
0: So how can we reinforce it? Because I know that they have a thing that they use to reinforce that behavior called the game or the scoreboard.
1: Scoreboard, yeah. So that's another fun piece of whole brain teaching is there's some gamification to the classroom. All of this sounds very playful anyway, right? There's a lot of, I think, joy and lightheartedness to it. But the scoreboard is another key piece of whole brain teaching and that's I mean, a lot of teachers have their own version of this, but the most basic version is the smiley face, frowny face on the board, and you put your tally points.
0: And if you get a smiley face, I have a command that I say back to you. If you're going to put a smiley face, I say, oh, yeah. Or if you put the frowny face, I say, oh, darn.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And so you can use that to reinforce, you know, information, behavior, participation. You can use that to really steer your classroom in whatever modality you want it to go into
0: so it's super high energy and that's why we think it's in our opinion that whole brain teaching is perfect for the beginning of the class mm-hmm. you've got the hook you're introducing new material you're going over vocab and you're going over the key points and that generally is when students are the most passive exactly they're just taking notes this is a much more exciting way to be involved with the learning is to use whole brain teaching and to use this call and response and these gestures and this excitement of learning, and then the the effect of reteaching your neighbor, it yes, it helps solve that problem that we talked about in the beginning about being a passive learner and being bored.
1: Yep, I, I don't know how you could actually check out if, if your teacher is using all these strategies, you know?
0: Right, and oh, this is so good for an observation too. Oh. If you're doing some type of whole brain teaching and these multiple modalities in the very beginning of your lesson, it's. It's just a feel good atmosphere. It's gonna impress your coach. It's gonna show you that you've got these established routines in your classroom. Yes. And it's a really, really fun way to open up the lesson before you get into some guided practice.
1: I love that. I love that. And I think one of the sort of topics of conversation around whole brain teaching, I find that there's two. And one is, you know, is it right for everyone and i think you can make it your own style you know you can see some teachers are really big and really excited and that's great for our younger grades and then you some see some teachers who are a little more downplayed with it but all of the cognitive pieces are still there and that was like i saw a high school calc class do this but it's still whole brain teaching they're still using the whole brain right we're not saying
0: that you have to be this super bubbly personality Right. Which is perfect definitely for the lower grades. Yeah. But let's say you're doing AP Calc yeah. or AP History or something. You can still use all of the whole brain teaching techniques with the older kids. Mm-hmm. They're going to be probably less enthusiastic about it because that's the, that's <laughs> that's the their, age. That's the age. Yeah. But like you said, you still get to make all of those kinesthetic connections to your learning yep. when you're learning some new vocab terms and you have gestures to go with it. It's just like TikTok now where they're doing Ooh. all the dances and they've got all the little moves and their brains are constantly cycling through That's a
1: great point. the lyrics
0: of the song that they just had. Yeah. It's just making these catchy rhythmic patterns yeah. to your learning.
1: They're almost primed for it because of TikTok. <laughs>
0: right. And tie in the TikTok dances there. We know you're watching them teachers uh-huh. because you've got to know what the kids are talking about. Tie in those TikTok dances to your vocab to your whole brand teaching.
1: Oh, that would be so fun.
0: So... All right. My question is, is does it work?
1: Yeah. That's the other thing that you sometimes see pop up. Like, oh, does it work? Does it work?
0: It seems catchy. It seems cool. Like everything in education, we want to know, is it going to work?
1: Yeah. And so I found it was really fun to dig into this. And there was a... There are many, many thousands of sort of anecdotal pieces of evidence around its effectiveness. But there was one school that did it very purposefully. Um, It was Gilroy Prep in California, and they trained an entire grade of their teachers on whole brain teaching, and they committed to doing it for an entire year. And then they looked at test scores to see, you know, if there was anything behind it. And they found that their math and ELA scores were up 11% during the year that they did this.
0: Which is really great. And if you're only attributing it to one thing, just being more engaged and more active in your learning, Mm -hmm. then that 11% is great.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: I love that. And you have to make it your own style. Yeah. You go on YouTube and you watch teachers doing whole brain teaching and you might think, all right, this isn't for me. You should make it your own style. But the most important thing is take the pieces of whole brain teaching that you like that are attractive to you, Mm -hmm. especially like the mirrors are my favorite thing. Yes. I don't always do the class. Yes, I know that I should for the call and <laughs> response. But if I already have their attention, I'm going right into the mirrors to do the vocab. Totally. And I love seeing them reteach each other, and then I circulate to make sure that one everyone's doing it, and that they're doing that they're saying it correctly. Mm-hmm. I need to do a better job using the scoreboard.
1: See, yes, and I use the scoreboard religiously. My favorite part—I would like to be better with mirrors. My favorite part is the partner teach, and. And every time that happens, you always know a kid or two that needs a little bit of extra support in your class. So during the partner teach, I go straight to that person and I just observe and make sure they've got it. And if not, I can interfere right then and there. Yep. And it, it feels really good. Kids like it.
0: Yeah. No, I, I do think kids really do like whole yeah. teaching.
1: I think anything that's going to push cognitive engagement is a good choice and if whole brain teaching seems right for you after you check it out the worst that can happen is that you look a little silly but the best is that your kids are more engaged in in learning increases i mean that's the dream right
0: it makes lesson planning fun because when you're going through your vocab terms you need to think about what gestures you're going to use you got to practice them yeah yeah all right so whole brain teaching we talked about the the problem, the solution. We talked about what we're personally going to work on with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful to these guys for coming up with us.
1: Same. I'm excited to, to see more people do it too. Hop on YouTube, watch some videos. They're a lot of fun. And try it out or a piece of it. You know, try out a piece of it.
0: And I'm good. You got anything else?
1: I'm ready. Let's go ahead and start the week.
0: All right, let's go get it. Have a good week, everybody. And let us know what you want to hear next time. Sounds good. And we'll see you again. Bye. Bye.